In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is it is great to be together to celebrate the feast of these two pillars of the church, Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul are the epitome of what Paul writes about in the book of Corinthians, saying that the church is the body of Christ and we are not all ears or eyes or hands or feet. We are not all the same, but we are different. But together, together, Christ brings us together to form His body and to use our gifts and our talents and our personalities for His glory. Peter, of course, was an unlettered fisherman. Paul, a very educated scholar, a Pharisee. And not just a run-of-the-mill Pharisee, but the best. A prodigious Pharisee. Peter was one of the oppressed people, right, of the Israelites. Paul, a citizen of Rome yet still a Jew. And the point is, Peter was blue-collar, Paul was white-collar, right? Even though Paul could still work with his hands, he made his living as a tent-maker. They came from vastly different backgrounds, but they had one thing in common, and that was a profound love of God and a desire for the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecies. They were both searching for the Messiah. And of course, when Peter found him, he turned and followed him straight away. Paul, of course, persecuting the Messiah, persecuting the church, as soon as he was knocked off his high horse, literally, he, there was no turning back. What they do have in common is that they both have tremendous sins. They both have very ugly skeletons in their closet. Peter, with the denial of Christ during his passion, and it is said that every time he heard a rooster crow, Peter cried for the rest of his life. He mourned his sin. And even in the moment, all it took was a look from Christ for him to begin his repentance. And of course, Peter returned to the Lord. He didn't repent, and in his despondency, let his pride overwhelm him and say, well, God can never forgive me. But instead, he returned to the Lord, showing us the path of repentance. Paul was holding the coat, the coats of those who were stoning Stephen, the deacon. Paul was an accomplice to murder and a persecutor of the church responsible for the imprisonment and murder of many Christians before he was converted. And of course, once he's converted, even the Lord tells Ananias, go to Straight Street and baptize Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias says, whoa, 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 <laughs> this is a bad man. This is, I want to have nothing to do with this guy. And the Lord says, go, he will be my servant and he will suffer much for my sake. 
So, both Peter and Paul, after their repentance, there was no turning back. And of course, Peter is still scared after the resurrection. The Lord appears to him. He's still kind of like um, this, this scattered sort of focus. But then the Holy Spirit comes. And from the day of Pentecost on, there's no stopping him. They were both eloquent, eloquent preachers. Um, Paul has some of the finest rhetorical passages um, in the Bible. And Peter gives arguably the most powerful and effective sermon the world has ever seen on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people converted. And they preached fearlessly, yet lovingly. They kept their egos to the side, and they did everything for the glory of God. So, What can we learn from Peter and Paul? First of all, repentance. They are models of repentance because of the ugly skeletons in their closet. And yet, their humility makes them conduits of grace. So repentance, humility, and their unceasing focus on spreading the gospel of Christ. Unceasing. And it was this zeal for the gospel that allowed them to endure such great sufferings. We just heard Paul describe his sufferings. Shipwrecked, a day and a night at sea, stoned, beaten, striped 40 times minus one. The Romans believed that if you were striped 40 times, you would die. So they beat him to the brink of death, and then let him suffer. We hear about Peter in prison, right? Um, And escaping from prison and fearlessly preaching in the temple. We hear about Paul in prison singing in the middle of the night and baptizing Cornelius. All of these things... All of these things stem from their profound love of God and their unceasing, unswerving zeal for the gospel. So if there's really something you can take away, it can be their repentance. And I'm going to make up a word here. They're all inness on Christ. Right? When, when you're playing poker... And, and you put all of your chips in the table and say, this is the best hand I'm ever going to have and I'm going all in. It's all or nothing. That's what Peter and Paul did. There was no looking back. They were all in on Christ. All in on Christ. Come what may. And St. Paul, he even boasts in his sufferings. Not in his accomplishments. He's not whining, he's not complaining, he's not looking for a pity party, but he's saying, my sufferings show the power of God and show that this is real and true. So brothers and sisters, let us us always make space in our church for everyone, for all the members of the body, the eyes, the ears, the hands, the feet, the nose and the toes. Everybody has different gifts to offer as Peter and Paul both do. 
But what we have in these two pillars, we have a great bishop of the church in Peter, the first bishop of Antioch and the first bishop of Rome. The rock of faith, Peter. And we have the trumpet of the gospel, Paul, who was one of the greatest ascetics the church has ever known. Metropolitan Irothios Vlachos, he studied patristics during his, um, during his uh, graduate degree, and he said, I've read all the hesychasts, all those who practice silence and asceticism in the Jesus prayer. He said, I've read them all, and the greatest the church has known is Paul, the apostle. He wasn't just an evangelist, he was an ascetic. But it was because he was all in on Christ. Peter was a great bishop because he was all in on Christ. Repentance and zeal and that all inness. That's what we need and that's what these apostles show us. So brothers and sisters, as we celebrate the feast of these patrons of our patriarchate of Antioch, let us follow their zeal for Christ. Let us follow their humility and their earnestness for repentance, and let us bear fruits of repentance as they did, preaching the gospel at all times and repenting until our dying breath so that we can praise and glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of heaven, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst.